So today, uh, like I said, standalone message. Let's go ahead and get ready. Let's lean in. Uh, if you have your, your phones or if you have a notepad or, or pencil, no one's moving, so I guess you guys are already ready. Um, if you have a phone or, or, or notepad or pen or paper, go ahead and get that ready. Uh, this is a, a word from God for you today. And um, today we're going to come out of the book of Psalms. Um, Psalms is, is the longest book in the Bible. And the word psalm means praise. The word psalm means praise. And uh, these psalms were written by, by men who um, had some experiences uh, with God and, and, and through life. Um, as we all, we all have triumphant seasons, seasons where we're on top of the mountain and uh, we're winning and everything just seems to be clicking on all cylinders. These men also had bad seasons, struggles, uh, tough times where they found themselves mad with God, um, upset, confused, wondering where in the world is God? <laughs> like, show of hands, anyone ever, you know, this year you've wondered, God, where are you? Where is this, you know? And um, and so, so I love Psalms because it's a book from the heart for the heart. So it's a book from the heart for the heart. I thank God that he allowed Psalms in the Bible because it really shows us how we can, we can triumph even in our toughest times and still give God the praise um, no matter what. The Bible teaches to be thankful in all things, um, not for all things. Um, rarely are we thankful for bad news. Um, maybe if we gained some wisdom or if we learned a lesson, sure. But rarely are we thankful for bad news or for feeling bad or sluggish or tired, but we're, it says be thankful in all things. So if you're in a rut, be thankful, just in general. If you are in a tough season, be thankful. If you don't feel well, be thankful. God is your strength. And so um, the Psalms are a product of, go ahead and write this down. This won't pop on the board, but the Psalms are a pro product of experiencing and expecting the blessing of God. Um, we're going to do a series in November called Space on Your Face. And uh, I can't really see your faces full-fledged right now. I can tell Mercy's laughing because her shoulders are doing what my dad's shoulders do. That's how my dad laughs. He's... It's like, Dad, like, use the muscles in your cheeks. Love you if you're watching. My cousin, man, we used to. <laughs> anyway, so she is doing it. She's doing it now. Susie, Susie. Anyway, so... Yeah, I, I can't see it, but we're going to do a series in November called Space on Your Face where it's like, smile, <laughs> just smile. But it's really a series on learning about praise and worship, praise and worship. And you're going to see a lot of psalms in November as we prepare for Thanksgiving, right? We want to cultivate that heart of gratitude. And uh, it's been a tough year. Why not finish it off strong? You know, why not finish it off full of joy, you know? And so um, it's a book from the heart to the heart. What I'd like to share today is I like to share from my heart and we're going to use the Psalms, but I like to share from a place of experience. Um, y yes, I am. You probably look at me and say, man, he, he looks relatively young and I am. I, I got a lot of years ahead of me, Lord willing. Um, but I, I've been following Christ for 14 years. Um, like I said the other week, I said that, that may not be long for some of you, but um, for, for me, that's almost half of my life. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 19, and so what I do want to talk about is I want to talk about how to be blessed. 
right? I'm on that. How to be blessed. I, I need this. Does anyone want to be blessed? Come on. Come on. Put your hands together if you want to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? All right. Come on. Don't make me work for it this morning. The 9 a.m. is usually, the, you know, you guys are usually ready. It's the 11, you know. But now I want to I want to speak on how how to be blessed. And um, and uh, what, what I've come to find out is this. It's going to pop on the board. So write this down. That consistency is the key to a blessed life. Consistency. Consistency. Um, consistency in anything. If, if you're talking fitness, consistency. Uh, if you're talking your studies, consistency. Um, if you're talking about, you know, making a difference in society, consistency. Sticking, sticking with it. Um, in 14 years of following Christ, it's, it's been the consistency that's really brought the blessing. And I'm excited about it. And I'm excited for you because I know you're consistent in a lot of areas of your life. But I know you also want to cultivate and develop a, a greater consistency in certain areas because you know with consistency, God is faithful. He shows forth. So consistency is so vital. We're going to go to Psalm 92. We believe David wrote this. Some in Jewish culture believe Adam wrote it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, there are some varying opinions. Um, and if Adam did write it, he had to write it after the fall of man because he talks about wickedness in here. Um, I think David wrote it based upon the language and how the grammar is all built out. And as you get into the Psalms, you get more acquainted with some of the language and stuff. But uh, we're going to start Psalm 92. I'm pulling out my ESV Bible, nice and brown. Mm, shouldn't have did that. It doesn't have that fresh smell. I thought it did. It, it's... Psalm 92, verse 12 says this. You ready? All right, it says here, the righteous flourish, I love that word, like a palm tree, like the palm tree. And grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit. Here it is. Here it is. This is what we want. Consistency is the key. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. I want to read that back again there. Let's do it. Verse 12. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. And grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. So church has a lot to do with you flourishing. And they flourish in the courts of our God. I can't wait to get to that at the end. Verse 14 says, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. All right, here it is. So I, I, what I want to do is three, three places where you need to be consistent in order to experience a blessed life. Three places. Number one is consistent in Christ. Consistent in Christ. And um, I, 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 was, I was somewhat raised in the church, not in it five days a week, but um, my grandma and my mom kept, kept me in church, um, what, every, every other Sunday, every, th three, or four, three, to four, three to four Sundays throughout the month, maybe just about every, every Sunday throughout the month. But at that point, a lot of a lot of seeds were being planted in my heart. A lot. I think most of us probably grew up with some form of religion, be it 
Catholicism or you're a Baptist or, or what have you, and uh, seeds were, were planted. I knew God, cared about God, prayed to God, believed God for a lot of things, but um, I didn't have that personal relationship with God. Uh, religion means routine. So religion is we come every Sunday because that's what we do, right? And um, there's no power in religion. Um, a relationship is something totally different. It's, it's when you're connected to the person of who God is. And so um, at 19, as I just said, I, I met Christ on my college campus. And it was at that point that, that I initiated a relationship with Jesus. Go ahead and write this down. Faith in Christ initiates the most important relationship in your life. Faith in Christ is the starter or it initiates the most important relationship in your life. This relationship is more important than your relationship with your mom. It's more important than your relationship with your dad. It's more important than your relationship with your spouse or your best friend. It, it's, it's, it, it, it can't even compare. It's way more important. As a matter of fact, I don't love my wife well unless me and Jesus are clicking are clicking on are clicking on cylinders. And so it's so important that that we get this relationship down be, because it's the most important thing. So it's but it, what, what, like we said it's the consistency. So many of us we've come to church and we did the hand raise, we signed the paper, we did the water baptism, we did the step class, we joined the church. But a, a lot of times we make the mistake of leaving Jesus in rooms like this. And, and the, the, the goodness of the Lord and the joy of the Lord and, 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 you know, the second song. What was that second song we just did? One moment in, in your presence changes everything. It's, we leave his presence in here. And instead of saying, hey, hey, Jesus, like, lead me out into the lobby. Lead me past the double doors. Lead me into my car. Lead me to brunch. Lead me to lunch. Lead me to the football game. Lead me to the gym. You know what I mean? It's, it's the consistency factor that matters. And so as a kid, I, you know, I go to church. Man, grandma would wake us up 5 a.m. in the morning. For 7 a.m. Y'all think nine is something. That's what we're going to add. Where's my staff? We're going to add 7 a.m. experience. The church is like, we ain't going to be here. See, y'all don't love Jesus. Y'all don't love him. Y'all want Jesus, y'all wait, Burger King. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is it, it, it created, it, it, it planted seeds. And I'm going to tell you, like, we, we would get up at 5 a.m., prepare for that 7 a.m., uh, I almost called it experience, a service. And um, we'd be home, back, back home by 9 a.m. You can take a nap, whole day to yourself. But still, it was, it was religion. And so a, a lot of us, we, we do the, we got to go. Oh, we got to serve. I, it's tough for God to bless that. It's tough. He, he can sustain you. He can feed you. He can get you a little job if you need that. But, but it's much more to, to God's blessing than that. And, and this is why I've come to find out that the purpose of all relationships is fruitfulness. So, so, so if faith, if faith in Christ initiates my relationship with him, 
according to the psalm and the, the experience that the psalmist had with God, because if it was David, I'm certain that he wrote the psalm when he was an old man. So this is a reflecting song. You know that song we just sung, The Goodness of the Lord in the Land of the Living? That was written by David. Now, he was a younger man. So what he was doing, he was extending faith into his future. He was looking at his situation. I'm running from cave to cave. Life is hard. Life is tough. But he was declaring and extending his faith in the future. But now, now that he's an old man, he's saying, you know, they're going to grow evergreen, still bearing fruit because he's lifted. And so what I'm telling you is for me personally, if I am your pastor, I know I'm young. But but because of God's grace, I'm blessed. And, and so I'm speaking from a place of experience. And so a lot of people will say, well, you, you have to say that you're a pastor. That that is this. That is the dumbest thing someone could ever say to a pastor. Excuse my French. This is my church. I say what I want to say. I got the mic. By God's grace. Now, I'm, 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 you know, I'm being for real, but I'm joking. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, that's the dumbest thing you can say. You're a pastor. You're supposed to say that. Most pastors don't want to be pastors. For the first seven years of following Christ, I was running from the call of God. But I was still consistent with him. So me being a pastor has nothing to do. I wish I was a businessman and I was a guest speaker. I preach the same thing. If I was a lawyer or a doctor, I'd come in here and tell you the same thing. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, all that matters as far as the blessing and the plan that God has for your life is your consistency with Jesus. And so any relationship, the purpose of it is to bear fruit, is to bear fruit. Fruitfulness, here it is, is a byproduct of consistency. Fruitfulness, blessing, growth, strength is a byproduct of consistency. And it says this here in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now just as you accepted, here it is, I love this, Paul. He says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. That, catch that there, continue. Here it is, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Continue, built, here it is. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And here it is, here's the blessing. You will overflow with thankfulness. So we have continue, we have built, we have grow, and the result, is thankfulness. It's the consistency in Christ. And so go ahead and write these down. There are two keys to any growing relationship. Because like I said, when you come to Christ, you initiate that relationship. Two keys. Number one is communication. Communication. I want to encourage you to keep, keep growing in your communication with the Lord. Um, prayer is so very essential. So very essential. Prayer, communi- prayer is a dialogue. So you, you talk to God, and then you sit for a while and you listen. And, and so a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to pray. You just talk to him. If, if you attract through, you know, once, once again, Psalm is the longest book in the Bible. It's a book of praises that are also prayers. If you attract through this book memo, you see a lot of stuff that wouldn't, in our minds, go in the category of prayer. It's like, are those complaints? Is this person depressed? 
do they suffer from anxiety, insomnia? Right here. And I love that God allowed it in there because it tells us that there is no formula for prayer. God just wants to hear from you just all day and every day. So the, any, any relationship needs communication. Um, every day, my wife and I, we, we sit down and we talk, how are you? God, how are you? You ever ask God, how are you? God's like, well, I'm glad you asked because people, they only ask me for things. So you ever thought about that? That just hit me. I've never asked God how he's doing it. That's powerful. That'll build you up. Oh, life, life, life. <laughs> Switch that up. God, how are you? Wow. You know, God, I've been asking for a lot. How are you? Wow. Well, you know you can, you can do this for me. God, God doesn't need anything from us. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm segueing. That just, whoa, that was a revelation. Y'all need to catch that. Maybe at some point today, you need to ask God how he's doing. He's a father. I got a father right now. He's 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 getting old in age. He's 83 years old, and and it's gone from. And this is when you know you're maturing in your faith. It's gone from dad. Can I have this? Can I get this? Do you have this? I need this. I need this. I need this. Now every time I call him, I just want to check on him. You know, God God's been around a long time. Maybe we ought to check in on him sometimes. They ain't even in my notes. That's good. I can't get off of it. Jesus Christ. Come on, put your hands together if you go check on God later today. Check on him. The Bible says that his spirit gets grieved too. He hurts too. Check on the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. That felt good. I'm going to check on God. Communicate with him when you exercise, when you work. The other important key of a growing relationship, here it is, is connection. So this is quality time. I want to encourage you to, to outline, you know, 10, 15 minutes of your day. Spend some time with the Lord. It's a discipline. Quality time. You can do this by getting into your scripture and meditating. Why, why do I say this? Because your relationship with Christ is the foundation from which every blessing in your life flows. So, so, so the foundation has to be, if you're looking for peace, it's going to flow from that that relational foundation. If you're looking for joy, it's going to flow from that communication and that quality time. If, if, if hell is turned up, you know, turned upside down and your, your life is just all over the place, it's all that joy and that peace and that perspective is going to come from getting into his word and setting aside time for prayer. And the Bible promises that what God is going to do is he's going to give you a peace that surpasses understanding. A lot of times our peace goes away because our thoughts are all over the place. And so if you could just take some time and settle in with the Lord, settle into his word, he'll give you a perspective in a, in a, in a, and I'm telling you, it's, it's not as much about outward success as it is the inward fortitude and the strength and the peace that you need to fulfill the calling and the destiny that God has on your life. So, so it, it's that consistency in Christ. The second thing I've seen in 14 years is it's being consistent in your calling. Go ahead and write that down. Consistent in your calling. Isn't that the million dollar question? Like, okay, pastor, what do you mean? Like, what, what is my calling? Right? What, what, what's my purpose? What is my calling? 
That's the million dollar question. Anyone want to know what your purpose is? Show of hands. We got to participate. All right. Maybe you already know. All right. For those who didn't, I'll, I'll answer your question of what is your calling with a question. You ready? This is your calling. Here it is. What is calling out to you? What's, what, what's calling out to you? What is my calling? What's calling out to you? Uh, this, this week, I think it was Wednesday morning. It's dead sleep, y'all. Like 6.30 a.m. My baby boy comes to the bed, and I hear his voice. You, you parents understand this. You're, you're asleep, but you hear a voice. <laughs> and it's not the Lord. <laughs> it's something. Something small. <laughs> and you wake up to his handsome face. And the great part about it, Susan, is he had a book. And he said, Daddy, can you read this story to me? I'm like, oh, heck no, I can't read a story. To you. But he said, Daddy, can you read the story to me? And he has his Bible open. Don't all me. Don't make me feel bad. He had his Bible open to baby Isaac, you know, and I'm like, come on in the bed, bro, sure. And, and, and what, what's calling out to you? That was my kid calling out to me. If you have a spouse, they're calling out to you. If you have a job, a career, school, it's, it's calling out to you. Put, put it to you simply. Go ahead and write this down. You're called to what's currently on your plate. It's not like, like the By Faith series. Like we, th- we think faith is just something we can kind of fathom up. It's a lot more tangible than that. Calling is not this thing, Rachel, you're going to do in the future. Your calling is what's currently on your plate. This is what I found out over 14 years of having jobs I haven't necessarily preferred to have, of being in places I haven't necessarily preferred to be, um, going through uh, nasty church splits in college and, and being church-less, but, but always understanding that, man, well, yeah, that just happened over there in that part of my life, but I still have my books. And, and I still have school, and I still have friends, and I still have parents, and I still have, now I have kids and a spouse and a church. It's what is calling out to you. Simply put, and it's going to pop up on the screen, calling is a fancy word for responsibilities. Consistent in your calling. What are your responsibilities right now? Well, you know, I just don't like this job. I want to know what my calling is. It's the job you don't like. (laughs) Come on, put your hands together if that's good. Blessings. Consistent. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. So so oftentimes when God called uh, people in the Bible, he called them to an office. So, so you get this, Rhoda. So when you are married, you hold the office of a spouse. That office held an operation and a responsibility. Um, when God brought Jesus into the world and he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was called to the office of Messiah. So that was Jesus's calling. It wasn't to get married. It, it, it was to save people, to heal people, to preach hope to people, to die on the cross for people. 
Jesus fulfill his office. Jesus, Jesus couldn't have gotten baptized and came out of the water and received the Holy Spirit and started asking his father, what is my calling? You know, you know, it's what it's what's in front of you. It's, it's what's on on your plate. And, and, and let me let me help us illustrate how God thinks about being consistent in our calling. I want to take you to Matthew 25. This is how God processes calling in your life. And uh, th- this owner of of a lot of money, he, he gave a certain amount to each servant, 10, 5, and I think 2 or 1. We're going to read it. And the Bible says he goes away for a while. And he gave it to them according to their ability to do the work. He, whatever you have, he's given it to you according to your ability, and he's gone away for a while. But his goal is to come back in, in due season and bless you. But it's being consistent in it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Matthew 25. All right? All right, let's do it. And it's, we're going to pick it up at verse 19. Here it is. It says, after a long time, love it, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted with, the, with five bags of silver uh, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So, so I gave you something yesterday. I came tomorrow. I celebrated what you did with it. And a part of the reward was not just a celebration, but it was more responsibilities. It, it was the things that, that you've been praying for. Verse 22, the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Don't despise small. Don't allow this social media generation to have you chasing other people's success and other people's lies. They're not happy. They don't have joy. They're putting on front. Handle your business. Come on. There it is. The Holy Spirit just hit me again. Come on, say that. Handle your business. Business. Ah, they're so successful. Handle yours. I want to be like them. Handle your business. Put your hands together and handle your business. Y'all got Florida coming up out of me now. I'm so sick of it, man. Like this. Uh, someone asked yesterday in our advance, and it was such a phenomenal question, Sam. She said, um, since high excellence is a value at Highlight Church and, and character is, is at the root of excellence, she said, what is the fastest way to develop excellence, uh, the fastest way to develop character? And I laughed so hard because there is no fastest. Character comes over time. You know what I mean? It, it's the reason why I, I, I follow 60 people on Instagram. It's a lot of reasons. I follow people who have gone through due process, right? I I follow people that I look up to and it's like, man, his church is 23 years old. 
Our church is three years old. They started just like us. Hmm, God's trying to tell me something, that this isn't just going to happen in three years. Handle your business. <laughs> I feel good. Y'all all right? All right, I got to get us out of here. Here it is. Then the servant with one bag, verse 24, of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look here, your money. Here's your money back. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I gave it to you to do the work, that's what he's saying. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Like at least give it to someone who can do something with it. Don't just bury it and bring me back the same, right? And he says this here. He says, at least I've gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And, 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 and this is why this is so important. You, everything that's on your plate today is what you're called to. It's important because today's responsibilities conceal tomorrow's rewards. Yeah. So, so you, you really got to watch how you're taking care of your stuff today. Because within today's responsibilities, you know what concealing is, right? You know what it is. The reward is in it. And if you handle it the right way, Monday, Tuesday, I'm working it. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm, I'm in church with it, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, in due time. If you handle your responsibilities today, the master comes back tomorrow with the reward and the promotion. But you got to watch, you got to watch the quality of your consistency. There are three meters that you have to watch when it comes to your responsibility. Go ahead and write this, this down. Number one, your appreciation meter. Your appreciation meter. My mom's in town right now, and I praise God for her. She, she, she kept me in church. She, she kept me on, on top of my work. She pushed me forward. And... Uh, I, over the years, I developed an appreciation for her because I knew that it was going to pay off one day somehow, some way. But with your current responsibilities, are you appreciate? Are you grateful? Are you not? One day you you prayed for the job you have. Now you got it, and and if you're not careful, you grow sour. Or watch the appreciation meter. Number two, watch the attitude meter. Gratitude determines attitude. I knew you didn't you didn't harvest where you, you you know you harvest where you didn't plant. Bad attitude. Bad attitude. Watch that meter. 
Do you have a good attitude? Is it life-giving in the home? Is it life-giving at work? Are you the, you know, are you the spark? Are people happy when they see you? Because heaven is watching and heaven is like, okay, we're preparing that thing, right? And then your approach meter. Appreciation, attitude, and approach, it all lines up. If I'm grateful, I have a good attitude about everything. And then my approach, will it be lazy or will it be excellent? And, and God wants to honor that, consistent in that. Haven't always got it perfect, but I've always checked my attitude with it. All right, last thing, consistent, here it is, in church. These are the, th- these, these are the three ways to blessing. Christ, calling, church. All right, we're going to go back to, to Psalm 92. Y'all okay? We're almost out of here. Come on up. I know they're closing me out, so here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Verse 13, it says, they are planted in the house of the Lord. They are planted. Go ahead and write, write that down. Planted in the house of the Lord. Now, now in the scripture, whenever you see heart, heart is symbolic of soil. Follow me on this. Heart is symbolic of soil. Here, the, the, the author tells us that the church or the house of God is somewhat of a garden. The church can be representative of a house, a garden. Here's a garden. And so when we come together, so the heart is the soil, my heart, your heart, soil. When we come together, we develop the interconnection of roots. We all develop the root system. And when you see water in scripture, at times it represents the Holy Spirit of God. So the reason why you feel good when you're in church a lot of times is because our hearts are good soil. We're interconnected root system and the Holy Spirit is is flowing. And so what the word here planted in, in Psalms says, the word planted is established. Established. established established in the house of God established in the church established in God's house established with God's people established pastor how do I be blessed what's my calling how do you be blessed well Christ calling in in, in church so being established I think that's the greatest season the greatest question you can ask yourself in this season Am I established in God's house? Am, am I showing up on a Sunday for the, for the worship and for the word of God to encourage my heart and to strengthen my life? Am I showing up in a midweek small group where I'm building a relationship with, with men and women who can, who can pour into my life and give me strength and give me perspective and be there for me when I'm struggling? Am I established? Am I serving? Am I, am I established? This is coming from David who was established, who said, you can take away everything. He says, there's one thing, one thing, one thing I want, and that's to be in the house of God. He was established. So remember, remember, this, this is a, come on, we clap that up. Remember, this is a reflective psalm. This was King David, whose son, King Solomon, would be the richest man ever. But, but that wealth came from David. 
And so all blessing is, doesn't come in the form of money, but, but that's just an expression of the blessing that, that I'm trying to explain to you. He was established. It's not, well, church is in the way. No, no. You, 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 you do your life around the house of God. And so, and, so, and so go ahead and clap that up. But it says this here in Psalm 92, 13b. It says, here it is, planted in the house of the Lord. Here it is. Watch me. They flourish in the courts of our God. Now, 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 let me, let me help you with this. Courts, courts, courts represent outside the church. For everything in the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, so everything belongs to God. But you get established here. And as your roots grow deep here, the place that Jesus is building, I will build. He is currently building the church brick by brick, person by person, life by life. He's building you up. He's strengthening you as you get established here. What David came to find out is that you flourish out there. Come on. You flourish out there. They still bear fruit in old age. They're ever full of sap and green. Woo. Like I said, my, my dad's 83. I'm, I'm 33. And uh, we, we baptized him four years ago at Hilton Inn off Shady Grove Road. Faith step. We're going to move and start this church, Dad. 79 years old, we got baptized. And uh, now, now that Joker can do whatever he wants. In light of that, I'm thinking, man, what if? What if I say consistent and I've done it for 14 years? What's another 50? What if I say consistent in Christ? And, and then at a, in a certain point, it won't be my babies, it'll be my grandbabies. Papa, can you read? No, I can't read. You're just like your dad. Can you read this book? And, and, and established in this church. You know, one day I'll be walking around here not preaching, but telling everyone what to do, right? But established. The old man. I don't care because I'm old and I'm bearing fruit. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God. We got to go. Come on. Hallelujah. Consistency is the key. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you so much. We thank you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love. If there's anyone in here who does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, it is the first step and a life of blessing and strength and purpose. And I want to invite you into that relationship by praying the simple prayer with me and giving your heart and your life to Christ. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sin. Jesus, thank you for living a sinless life. Thank you for dying a death that I could not die. 
Now, Lord, I repent and I turn to you. Fill my heart with the gift of your spirit. I am yours from this day on. Establish me in your house. Give me strength to honor you with my calling. And give me the grace to remain consistent in this new relationship with you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Love you guys. Have a great week.